They all take a knife of Albany. That's what puzzling. They all claim it's just for the sight. But just the same, they travel at night. I asked a fellow and his cute little pet. How is the water? And he answered, it's wet. So tell me why. They all take the night boat for Albany. Grabbed an extrain for New York. You mean we get the whole weekend? Mm-hmm. I gave the staff time off and the head snoop is out of town. Oh, let's go dancing. I got this new silk moire I'm dying to wear. Oh, come on now. We can't be foolish. Do you want to invite an epic scandal on our heads? You know your husband would dredge up endless foul invective in his rag. Huh? Oh, you mean call its names in the papers? Oh, I'm sick of worrying about him. He and the boss of me. We have to be smart. We can go out in public together sometimes during the day, but it would look suspicious for us to be out in the hot spots alone in the evening, and we certainly can't be seen dancing. Ever since I came out here, all I hear about is what I can't do. What's the point of being a star if you can't do exactly what you want? Discipline enhances pleasure, baby. Like now, when we're alone and I can hold you in my arms and tell you how Different things will be as soon as I take over the studio. Tell me. I want to hear it again. We can make it like it was. Years ago, women did more than rule the box office. Women also ran things in the studios. Are you sure about that? Absolutely. Women were the boss of the studios. They wrote the scripts. They directed, edited. They produced. Women like Mabel Norman, Lois Weber, Mary Pickford, Frances Marion. They were behind the camera as well as in front of it, and they ran this town. When I'm the boss of Minerva, you won't be playing Corian floozies or torch singers anymore, I can tell you that. Dave's and the audience like the parts I play. I get a thousand letters a week that say so. What will I do instead? Baby, you can play Shakespearean or Shavian heroines. You could play Portia. You could play St. Joan. You can be whomever you want to be on screen, and you don't need to be typecast for your appearance. I thought you liked my looks. You know I do. You are perfectly lovely. But you need to grow beyond the formulas men have given you. To us, my sweet. Take my clothes off. Do that swirly thing you do. Make me forget about my husband and the picture business. Yes, baby. Yes. I'll make it all better for both of us. <laughs> I waited an hour in my cabin until we were beyond the 12-mile limit. I stayed out of the way until the bars opened and everyone was served. I could skip the frenzy of thirsty passengers. In the meantime, I read the press book for Backstage Babes. Up on deck, I got a drink first thing. I wasn't really in the mood, but if you tried to do without, people would peg you for a cop or a reformer. Even worse, they might try and stick a drink in your hand, which meant trouble. It was a cinch some lowlife would slip you a mickey. Night boats were a loophole in the prohibition laws. They had sprung into service immediately after the dry laws took effect in January 1920. Beyond the 12-mile limit from shore, in open waters, it was technically legal to sell alcohol. John Q. Public, 
eager to hoist a legal jar wasn't the only type on board, nor was the average John or Jane looking for a little petting party on deck under the stars. The night boat attracted a wide assortment of gamblers, dope peddlers, pimps, swindlers, and pickpockets. Even on a high-class liner like the Yale, vice was uncorked along with the spirits. By the time the ship docked tomorrow morning, the crew might find it easier to unload soused passengers by rolling them down the gangplank like empty barrels. Two bars were on the top deck. Reggie Fitz stood next to the ship's rail, cup and a glass of whiskey. Reggie's name was in the studio press book. He directed Backstage Babes on loan from Paramount, so I used the family connection. Mr. Fitz, how are you? We haven't met. My brother, Patrick Mulraney, works with you over in Paramount. He's in the sand department. Oh, sure. Pat. He's a great fella. Please, call me Reggie. I'm Lou. Nice to meet you. Pat said he missed you when you were out on loan to Minerva recently. I could have used Pat over there, believe me. I bet Minerva is no paramount. You said it. With Brayer dead, the poor bastard, he'll probably slide into receivership. You think so? I wouldn't be surprised. Plus, I heard a cameraman over there just died. Dropping like flies. Really? Did you know him? Sure did. Carl Piedmont. Worked with him on the loan out for Backstage Babes. Good guy. Worked with him years ago on another picture. How awful. What happened? Apparently it was a brain hemorrhage. Killed over in the parking lot last night when he left the studio. Late hours will do that, I guess. Another poor bastard. Christ, makes you wonder what we're all on about. Weren't you on board with him on this ship a few weeks ago? Didn't Minerva have the rap party for Backstage Babes here on the Yale? What are you drinking, Lou? Tom Collins? Let me get you another. No, thanks, Reggie. I'm, I'm set. Was it a good party? As good as the uh, Paramount soirees? Uh, if you excuse me, I need a refill. I'm about a quart low. I've had a long week. Enjoy the voyage. Damn it. I blundered and rushed him. I sound like the police. Asked too many questions, Miss Nosy Parker. I should have waited a few hours, let him get oiled up first. I'll try again once he relaxes and the brown elixir loosens his tongue. I'll unbutton my blouse just enough, sit next to him and smile, rest my hand on his arm. He's easy on the eyes, I'd give him a tumble, if this weren't business. Someone tapped me on the back then. I spun around, expecting it to be another creeper looking for a pickup. But it was Smitty. She had a tasteful grey felt hat pulled low over her left eye, and she wore a navy flannel suit. Her nails were painted the same color as a slice of cantaloupe melon. I was going to copy her manicure the minute I got off this barge full of drunks. Work your usual charm, I see. Eh, don't raise your eyebrows at me. He saw you and made a hasty exit. At least you're dressed appropriately for once with your little sailor boy shoes. Listen to Mother Superior. All you need is a ruler in one hand and a pair of beads in the other. Is this where you find your men? You like them big, dumb, and cross-eyed stinko? Funny. I just heard about Carl Piedmont. Poor guy. He, uh, have a wife and kids? Don't they always? He laid in a heap next to his car in the parking lot overnight. It's a wonder coyotes didn't get to him. 
Smitty, what's happening at Minerva? Gossip columnists are going to sweeten their morning coffee with this story. Is that why you're here? Because Carl and Briar were on this ship a few weeks ago? What are you talking about? The rap party for Backstage Babes. They had it here on the Yale last month. No, Briar didn't go. Are you kidding? He was probably at home reading a volume from Harvard Classics or in a box seat at the opera. Briar was a teetotal, never touched a drop. <coughs> hey, watch my shoes, you disgusting pig. They're brand new suede pumps. Come on, let's go to your cabin and talk. I'm sure it's nicer than mine. Give me an hour. I need to send a few wires. Meet you in cabin 5B. Can I get a bag of peanuts? That'll be a dime, lady. You worked on the Yale long? Long enough. Did you work December 16th? Lady, all my nights are the same. I don't know. How much candy do I have to buy for you to remember? Now you're asking polite. What do you want to know? There was a studio rap party last month on the 16th. A bunch from uh, Minerva. That ring a bell? Lady, I'm a candy butcher, not Walter Winchell. I don't write down items for broadcast. I see a lot of stuff on board that would curl your hair. Be specific. Did you see Poppy Jordan with anyone? You know her, star, uh, chorus class, and high steppers on holiday. Platinum doll. Well, now, I'm not sure. Here's a saw book. Poppy Jordan. Blonde, long stems, big jugs, picture star. Was she here on the 16th? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I seen her that night. Minerva crowd's been plenty of do. Was she with anyone? Like an older guy? Gray hair? Distinguished type? Nothing like that. I did see Poppy's score from one of the dope peddlers. Are you sure? She had white frosting around her nose. It wasn't from any sweets on my tray, I'll tell you true. See anything else? After a couple of toots and plenty of bubbles, Poppy took off her top and shook her melons for some butter and egg men. Next day, during cleanup, some dame dressed to the nine spread a lot of cabbage around to make us forget. But how come you told me? She only gave me a fin. You're okay, Pops. Thanks. Where's the powder room? Only in there by the stairs. Bitters and seltzer. That's what you need. Saddles the stomach. Ugh, get out of my face. I'm going to puke my guts up over here. How about a little tea? Smoke a couple of drags? You won't be seasick no more. Uh, maybe a little. Now you're talking. Not too much. You don't want to be one of those gals who passes out oily. Then before you know it, you got a pile of men on top without a dollar to show for it. Uh, you mean like that sorry dame before Christmas? Remember her? She screamed her head off in the middle of the night. I nearly fell out of my berth. She scared the crap out of me. You gotta keep your wits, or the vultures will tear you to pieces. You know, it doesn't seem fair to say it's up to us. How about the zoo animals let a dame sleep in peace? My girlfriend carries a switchblade. I've been thinking of getting one. Hand me a towel, will you, sis? Sure, hon. Not to intrude, but I wouldn't go anywhere without Bezark. Bezark? What the hell's that? My hater. See here? 
Why'd you call it Bee's Ark? Got it from an old flame. He made it up. It's a name he used for working girls. Uh, No offense. None taken, I'm sure. Thing is, he used the name so much, his friends started calling him Bee's Ark. Oh yeah? Why'd you break up? Neither one of us would give an inch. Great fellow, though. The kind you can really wrap your arms around. You mind yourselves, ladies. Thought I saw you in the bar. What brings you on board, Miss Mulraney? Call me Lou. I could ask you the same thing, Mr. Montgomery. Winston, if we're friends. I have business in San Francisco. I didn't feel like driving and the train would be too crowded. Must be 500 people on this ship. My sweet is commodious. Someone's showing off his vocabulary. On suitable occasions. Why don't you join me for a quiet drink in my cabin? I'm in 2A. Couldn't turf the captain out of his digs? <laughs> if I had known you would be on board, I might have. We can talk about anything but my case. It's Friday night. After all, what's your poison? Alright, I'm game. Can you make a decent orange blossom? Better than any bartender in the Clover Club. Take my arm? Private investigators aren't used to gallantry, Winston. Come on, it'll be fun. We're on the promenade deck. When in Rome, as they say. Here, try that on for size. It's a big one. Small drinks are for Sunday. That hits the spot. First of many, I hope. You don't waste time, do you? Why be good? We're on the night boat. I haven't made up my mind about you. Glad to hear it. That's honest. Here, let me help you decide. Uh, Your arm around my waist might be rushing things. Fair enough. What would you like to know? Tell me how you managed to waltz into town and have everybody reaching for a broma when they read your magazine. It took you, what, less than two years? I tried other things. I was a ranch hand, a bookie, door-to-door sales. I was a sports reporter in St. Louis. Gossip was the thing that clicked out here. I guess I have a talent for story headlines. I'd rather talk about you. Why do you hide behind that tough guy routine? Do you really expect men to think you're just one of the boys? Comes in handy on the job. Keeps them from feeling romantic. I find it hard to believe you don't have men crawling for you. Who says I haven't? (laughs) You don't need anybody. I like that. Most dames act fragile. Maybe it's just that. It's just an act. Women play a part because it's expected or... Convenient, because someone told him to, and when men aren't around, it fades. I can't tell if your tough routine is on the level, but it's got me hooked. Who said I wanted you hooked? Your eyes. Your lips. (laughs) 
Winston had my number in record time. Only because I wanted him to. He leaned close on the chaise long. He smelled like sandalwood with a hint of lavender soap. His eyes looked like pieces of amber warmed by the sun. Kate had noticed Winston was well-dressed. I like a man who pays attention to the details like cut, fit, and fabric. It was often a sign that he paid attention to how things felt. His hands were strong and smooth. He put them around my waist as if they had been there before. His shoulders were so wide that they blocked the sun when he stood in the doorway. Winston stared into my eyes and stripped off my clothes. Then he tossed me in the air as if I was one of those silk scarves waves between men in a duel of honor. I landed on the bed. I sat up, impatient. Winston rushed. Then he took his time. He went on like that. Drinks in between, midnight supper in his suite. We had champagne and each other for dessert. After he was snoring into a pillow, I dressed and snuck out. I hurried back to 14C, my own tiny cabin below. On the way, I saw firsthand what happens on the night boat. Revelers staged a tableau of biblical proportions. It was an uncensored Cecil B. DeMille picture. Couples on deck chairs fumbling each other's clothing. Pickpockets hovered over anyone slumped on a table. I passed a working girl servicing two men at the same time. Further on, bare-chested men were locked in some blood sport, ringed by a crowd laying bets. Four college fellows, high on coke, built a tower of dirty cocktail glasses that crashed with an ocean swell. The boys fell into a pile of broken glass. They had slivers of glass stuck in their faces, arms and legs, and they laughed their heads off. Well, I had lost the run of myself in a colossal fashion. I did three things I never do with clients. Talk too much about my personal life, drink too much, and yeah, go to bed with them. Now I'd really gone and done it. The worst part is, I wanted to do it again. The only thing to do was make a quick getaway. I needed to get off the boat before I saw Winston or Smitty. I was sixth down the gangplank. I hurried for a taxi in time to catch the train back to Pasadena, and then I took another taxi home. When I finally paid the cabbie and walked up the courtyard path to my bungalow, there was a long white box sitting on my doorstep. I picked it up, unlocked the door, and set it on the kitchen counter while I drank two glasses of water. The box contained a dozen roses and a card with three words. Not so tough. It was signed with an initial, W. I answered the phone, distracted. Oh, Jesus, there you are. I was worried sick. What happened to you? I looked everywhere. Sorry, Smitty, I can't talk right now. What's the matter with you? Do you have a screw loose or something? We had a meeting, and you just disappeared. I thought you were in trouble. You're a real flake. Now you can forget about coming to work for me. I don't do business with unreliable people. Christ, stop yelling at me. I've got a hangover the size of Wyoming. Oh, how typical. I should have known you were necking boilermakers like they were going out of style. Very professional, Lou. 
Get off my back. I'm not in the mood for one of your lectures. Why don't you get wise? Your boss is dead. No need to be a stooge every minute of the day. Maybe it was a good thing that I never went to Smitty's cabin. From what the candy butcher said, Smitty boarded the Yale for the rap party. No doubt she was the well-dressed dame handing out $5 bills to the crew to keep their mouths shut about Poppy's impromptu striptease. And why exactly did she say last night? Smitty was paid to hide the truth. Even if Briar wasn't on the cruise, Poppy still could have had an affair with the head of the studio. So far, I had no proof. I hit dead ends with both cases. I needed to have a word with Poppy. I planned to catch her before she left the studio tonight. Everybody in the film colony worked a six-day week. Sunday was their only day off. It was common practice to shoot until midnight on Saturday to finish as many scenes as possible before they went home until Monday. I took a bath and got dressed. Who the hell are you? What are you doing in my dressing room? Lumal Rainey, can I ask you a couple of questions? Listen, sweetie, it's been a long week. I just want to take up my makeup and get out of here. It's too late for an interview. I'm not a reporter. I'm a private investigator. No kidding. A lady Seamus. I've been hired to find some letters that David Breyer received before his death. Aw, oh, he was a decent man. I owed him a lot. I was very sorry he died. Any truth to the rumor that you were having an affair with him? <laughs> Who told you that? That's a load of bunk. He's not my type. Didn't you sneak up to his office during lunch? Gina said that. I ought to smack her face. Yeah, I was in his office now and then, but it wasn't for any hanky-panky. No? What for, then? Be a pal and mix me a highball, will you? Soda's over there. Whiskey's in the wardrobe. Top shelf. Mix one for yourself, if you want. Sure you're not a reporter? My investigator's badge is there in my purse. All right, I believe you. But if this gets out, I'll have Smitty hunt you down and make you very sorry. She'll get the cops to run you out of town. Like I said, I owe Briar a lot. He gave me a break when things got out of hand. I was having trouble at home. Nasty fights with my husband, the louse. I wasn't really sleeping, so then I needed a jolt to get started in the morning. I was going along and didn't notice that I had gotten the monkey on my back. You know how it is. Snow is all fun and games until it ain't. I was up in the clouds all day. Up, up, up. Then I need a couple of drinks at night to come down and go to sleep. I looked awful, and I had trouble on set. Couldn't remember my lines, snapping at everybody. Then I collapsed. Mr. Breyer sent me to Hopewell, a private clinic. He buried any whiff of a scandal. I got cleaned up and came back to work. He never rubbed my face in it either. I'd stop by his office now and then to let him know I was okay, on the straight and narrow. There wasn't any action between us. He was a kind old man is all. I know what you're going to ask me next. Is that what the letters were about? Did someone know? Did they try a racket? I don't know. People do a lot of desperate stuff out here. That's an inspiring story, Poppy. And a great performance. Party girl redeems herself with the aid of benevolent picture mogul. Too bad it's fiction. 
Are you calling me a liar? Where do you get off? I happen to know that you were sniffing coke on the Yale last month. I heard you got so high that you put on a little striptease for some of the babbits. Makes me wonder what else you're lying about. Was Briar on the ship? I wouldn't have been on the snow if the boss was on board. I was just blowing up a little steam. So what? I, it didn't interfere with work. I got it under control. I can take it or leave it. I hope you're right, Poppy. I have a hunch those letters weren't about a little powder or a topless dance, though. Something a bit more risque happened on board, didn't it? It wasn't me. What do you mean? I heard about it. Something happened on the night boat. Yeah, something bad. I don't want it getting out that you got it from me. Tell me and I'll fade. Nobody will know. I'll catch hell if they find out I told you. No one will trace it back to you. Yeah, things got out of hand. Fellows broke into a girl's cabin. They took turns. Jesus. Who's the girl? I don't know. I wasn't there. I was passed out. Try working 12 or 15 hours a day without a decent meal. I ran out of steam early, even with the snow. I heard Carl, the cameraman, bragging to some fellows in the studio. Now you get lost. I left Poppy's dressing room and went looking for Cyril. His office was empty. I found him at the production board, fussing over the scenes for Monday's shoot. The brill cream in his hair had dried out after a long day. Patches of hair stuck out around his collar, and his eyes were ringed with shadows. He puffed away on a cigarette. I'm nearly through here. Let me buy you a drink. Not now. Do me a favor. Tell me about what happened on the night boat. Seems like that's all you want from me these days, favors. And believe it or not, many things happen that I don't know about. We don't have time to play games, Cyril. I promise. Another time. We'll trade some wisecracks and talk about the good old days. But I need some answers. Who was the girl on the boat? The one who was piled on? You're better off leaving it alone. And that's my trouble. I never know what's good for me. What happened on the night boat? A couple fellas forced themselves on Madeline. Who's she? Madeline Stone, staff writer. I saw her name in the press book. She wrote the script for Backstage Babes. What do they do to her? Broke into her cabin. Were you one of the boys? No, I swear it, Lou. I don't go for that. On a lot of things, but I've never gone to a woman's bed without an invitation. Are you going to give me the names, or do I have to drag it out of you? No need to threaten me. Three fellas went after Madeline. Winston Montgomery, Carl Piedmont, Larry Evans. I didn't hear what Cyril said next. I walked away. Tried to process what he had said. Winston. Winston was at the rap party. Winston attacked a girl in her bed. I had to get out of there. I took a wrong turn, and then another. The studio lights were low. A hush fell over the hallways. It was as quiet as a set right before a director calls action. I moved quickly down a corridor for the exit. I could see the studio sign in front of the building. Minerva's mascot was an owl. It was lit up in neon lights just ahead. 
and that's when someone jumped out from behind and clobbered me on the back of the head. My legs folded under me like a deck chair on the Yale. I swam into the darkness. Thanks for listening. Hollywood Medusa is a Sassmouth Dames production, written and directed by Megan McGurk. Lou Mulraney is played by Clara Higgins. Betty Smith Smitty is played by Olympia Kiriaku. Irene Breyer and Dame Number Two are played by M. Sean. Poppy Jordan is played by Savannah Monroe. Gina Gallo is played by Renee Smith. Kate Lawler and Dame Number One are played by Laura Mawson. Winston Montgomery is played by Patrick McGurk. Cyril Hardwick and the Candy Butcher are played by Peter Bryant. Reggie Fitz is played by Shane McCormick. Art design by Mott Collins. Sound editing and special effects by Tom O'Mahony. Stay tuned for episode three.